We are uh, today starting in a new direction. We're, we're going to be talking about a new series that's simply called What's Next? Anybody asking that question right now? I mean, it's one of those questions that I think we always ask when something big and, and amazing happens. It's something that we always ask when something dark and horrible happens. Really, when we come through one phase of existence and are ready to move on to the next, it's something that we oftentimes ask, what is coming next? I don't know about you, but for the whole time that we've been kind of locked up in our houses and, and unable to get out and visit with people, I've been asking, what's the world going to look like when this is all over? How am I going to go forward? You know, are are there routines that I've created that I want to take into the new life? Are there some things that I've started to do um, since this all happened that I really want to leave behind? Um, You know, there's lots of people that are reevaluating how they're going to do life now. I was told that one company did a survey of their employees who were working at home and actually said, how many of you would love to just keep working from home? And 75% of them said, yeah, we just assume stay in our houses and work from home if we could. That's an amazing number. Now, I don't know if they'll all get to, but, you know, there's a lot of questions about what happens next. And really, to figure out what happens next, we have to first figure out where we are now. Because we're in a different place than we were a few short months ago. And, of course, um, when, when I talk about this here in the church, because we're a body of believers who follow Jesus, when I ask the question, what is next, I'm really specifically talking not just about your physical life or, or your career life or your social life. I'm talking about your spiritual life. How do you go forward in a place and in a time such as this? Things are confusing. They are very confusing right now. And the Bible tells us that confusion is no way to live our lives, that that we need direction. How many of you had to, at least one time in your life, finally swallow your pride, stop and ask for directions? Has anybody done that? All the women raised their hand, all the men's probably hid in the bathroom during that comment. But yeah, you have to do it sometimes. You just got to sometimes stop and at least take stock. Sometimes us men don't actually ask directions. We just pull over and try to look thoughtful while we try to figure it all out. That's what we have to do. But in order to figure out what's next, we need to find some direction for our lives. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen is a great scripture. And actually, I learned it years ago in the King James Version. So I want to first visit it with you in the King James Version. We're going to read it in a couple. This is what it says. It says, where there is no vision, <clears throat> excuse me, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, I got to stop for a second because I'm a pastor. I deal with churches. And a lot of times the conferences I go to and the teachings that I listen to are all about growing the church. And sometimes we pastors have a tendency to take this scripture and make it our own and not let anybody else have it. So we say, well, there is no vision, the people perish. So that means I have to establish a vision for my church and then everybody will follow me. We kind of selfishly use this to kind of make it all about the church. And it's really not. It's really not about the church. In fact, for the Jews, it was probably more about their nation, but it certainly has implications for each of us in our personal lives, where we do not have a vision for the future, where we cannot see forward to see what God is up to. We will perish. We will not thrive. Listen, there's, there's other ways to say it. The New Living Translation changes it up a little bit. And, and again, some of you might be wondering, why do different translations of the Bible sometimes sound very different? And the reason for that is that these are translated from Hebrew and Greek, and sometimes we're just not sure. And so when we start to read these multiple translations, it gives us more of a broad depth of meaning. So listen 
to what this says in the New Living. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, it takes away the vision word. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Wow. And if you have a run wild decade in your life where you just ran wild, I never did. I was a good Baptist Church of God kid. I grew up confused. Anyway, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. So again, a little bit of change in the message translation, which is one I don't often read, but every once in a while, it just says it better than seems like all of the other ones. In, in, the, in Proverbs 29, 18, in the message version, it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. I love that translation. And again, I don't read the message a lot. But I feel like we are living in a time when people are stumbling all over themselves. Can I get an amen? Can I get a a raise the coffee? Can I get a raise the bagel? Whatever you're eating now on your couch at home. I really think we're stumbling all over ourselves in our country today. And notice I said we, not just me. Because I know there's a lot of us right now in these uncertain times with COVID and and with the riots and and with all of the things that are coming. What is it? Killer hornets or bees or something. And then somebody's talking about Yellowstone exploding. And then we got, you know, hurricanes developing. And man, it just seems like when one bad thing's happened, the news people go out and find every bad thing that's ever happened. And they make us feel bad about it. We're stumbling all over ourselves. And I mean we, as a nation... We are stumbling all over because we can't seem to see what God is doing. Listen, I believe we're in this together. I believe when the Constitution says, we the people, that means that we're all in this together. That we are part of a nation. That we're part of communities. That we're part of states. And if something goes bad in our, in our nation, we need to own it. I realize this is not going to be popular. I get it. You may not like me after today, but I believe we need to own it. If there is bad or evil happening in my country, then I need to own that. And I need to get on my knees like we talked about last week and humble myself and confess it. Why? Because there is no they, there is only we. I can't wait till you people are back here so I can get loud, obnoxious amens over that stuff. I don't believe there should be a they. Now, I realize some of you think you got it all figured out. And I can tell from some of your Facebook posts and from some of the conversations that I have that you're really enjoying having it all figured out. And you're really enjoying being right and knowing that everybody else is wrong. Can you see me grinning because I'm being facetious? Facetious? Facetious. I would pay somebody a dollar for a bottle of water. Could anybody do that? Look at my loving wife's going to get me water. I'm being a little facetious because, you know, when we write those posts, and I'm as guilty as the next guy. Again, we, not they, when I write those posts on Facebook where I'm slapping somebody down or or I'm trying to figure out, you know, what it is that, that they did wrong and I'm telling them how it is, you know, I always feel like I'm right. And I always feel like I'm somehow distanced from whatever it is that, that's wrong that they're doing. Just holier than thou. The problem is this, friends, when we do that. Jesus says that we're kind of like one of the guys that, one of the people that lived in his time, like the Pharisee. Do you remember a story where Jesus said, you know, that, that we should, you know, he looked over through the temple and he saw this Pharisee. And basically the Pharisee was standing there saying, man, I thank you, God in heaven, that I am not sinful like that guy over there. And Jesus told his disciples, I don't want you to be that guy. I don't want you to be the Pharisee. 
You need to understand that every bit of grace that we've received from God is undeserved. That we, the people of the United States, if there is anything wrong with our nation, then we as a nation are responsible to stand up and to make it right. So friends, that means that if there is sickness in our nation, then all of us need to fight hard for the healing of those who are sick. Oh, bless you, my, my love. I would kiss her on camera, but that would be rude. Thank you, babe. So as we think about this, this we thing, if there is sickness, we need to take part in that. We need to own it as if it's happening to us. Not just stand aside and say, well, I never got sick, so there must not be a disease. We need to make sure that we as a people are identifying with those who are going through it. If there is injustice in our nation, then we need to not just say, oh, I feel bad for them. We need to own that injustice and we need to try to feel the pain of that injustice because until we feel it, ourselves we will never fight as hard as we can against it we the people we as a nation are stumbling around in the dark because we as a nation are having trouble seeing what god is up to but if we can figure out what god is up to then i believe there is a way forward and we will find our direction out of this into the next steps of what god has for us and the way to find our direction out of this is certainly to find the vision or the revelation of what God created us for, as individuals, as families, as churches, and as a nation. Proverbs 16, 25 says this, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There is a path before us that seems right, but it ends in death. Have you ever gotten lost? And I don't mean just lost. I'm here to tell you that one of the times we drove from here to Florida when we were in college, we took a detour in Kentucky. Never, ever take a detour in Kentucky. Now, this was before the days of GPSs. And we got off this highway because there was a a stoppage up ahead, and we just knew we could find a way through. We ended up going halfway around three mountains only to find ourselves at a river. A river. Like the road literally came down the hill and went into a river. And I'm thinking, no ferry, no bridge, no nothing. We literally found ourselves up against a river. And it had been an hour or so since we got off the highway. So not only did we get lost, but we had no way forward. And we had to turn around and go all the way back the way that we came. Friends, sometimes we get so lost because the way seems right to us. I mean, all the way through, we're watching the scenery. We're thinking, this is great. We're seeing a side of Kentucky we never saw before. And one that we never want to see again. And then we end up at a roadblock. There is a way that seems right to us, to a person, to a man. But often that way ends in death. Why? Because we don't see the whole thing. Listen, on the other hand, to see what Psalm 16 says. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Who's the, who's the you in that passage? Who is it? It's God. The psalmist David is talking to God. He's saying, listen, you're the one with the plan. You will show me the way of life. And friends, I believe there is a way that leads to life. And it is not generally the way that we choose. It is the way that God chooses. It is the way that he will show us. And if we're going to find that way, then we need to draw close to him. Friends, this way that we find is, is one that will show us how to take the next step 
forward in our walk with him, in our spiritual lives. And I believe even in our physical lives, even in our careers, if we will get this right, if we will understand that this is a journey, then I believe we'll get it right. So for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about some principles, four things that kind of build on each other that will help us to find the way of God. And I believe these are steps along the journey. It's not a quick fix. It's, it's a journey because our relationship with God is just that. It's a relationship. It, it isn't that we come to know God and then we just stop. We grow and we build in that relationship. And it changes over time. It's a journey. And somewhere along the, the path that we're going to outline, this four-step path that we're going to outline. Each one of you will probably find yourselves. But please understand that, again, it's a journey that we go through. Just like my relationship with my wife. When Tori and I got married like 30-some years ago, we were not the same people that we are today. We were completely different people. You might find this hard to believe, but back then we were scared to fight with each other. We were terrified. We hadn't had a fight uh, the whole time we were dating. We didn't have a fight till like a year into our marriage. So when we said, I do at the altar, we, we basically started the process of learning who each other was. And we were terrified at that point in our lives to have a fight. And you know what that led to? That led to endless rounds of, where do you want to eat tonight? No, where do you want to eat tonight? No, where do you want to? Anybody, anybody experience this? I mean, there were times it lasted for 14, 15 hours. I mean, we're like, okay, let's just eat tomorrow because we can't decide. It was horrible. It was terrible. We couldn't make a decision because we were both so afraid to offend each other. Then we had our first fight. And I'm here to tell you, we've had a few since then. And now we've learned that, that sometimes those arguments that we have, those disagreements that we have, can be very helpful and fruitful in our relationship. And they actually help us get a lot more done, too. But honestly, now we kind of like to fight because then you get to make up, right? Enough said, we'll move on. Anyway, we are not the same people that we were. And you know what? You are not the same person that you were when you first followed Jesus. It's a journey that you go through. And so we're going to talk about four steps along the way in that journey over the next four weeks. Let me quickly today run through them and give you a taste of what is to come. First of all, um, the first step is find God. The, the one thing that every single person that lives on the face of this earth has to reconcile, has to deal with, and has to do before they can find the way of life. I'm going to call it the way of life. Before they can find a good way forward is they have to find God. They have to get to know God. They have to allow him to become the part of their life that he created us for him to be. There's been several people over the centuries that have said that, that human beings are lacking a piece of themselves if God is not a part of their life. Some of you may have heard of the God-shaped whole concept, that we are just not able to be complete, to be happy, until we reconcile the relationship that we have with the Creator. So we're going to talk about finding God. We're going to talk about finding freedom. There are some people that I know who have embraced God. They're, they've embraced a relationship with God. They've invited him into their lives, but then they've refused to enjoy the rest of the benefits of being a follower of Jesus. There are those that think, well, if I just make my peace with God, then basically what that is is it's an escape hatch that when I'm about ready to die, I just pull the chute and then I get to go to heaven. Well, friends, again, that's a waste of a life. Because the way that we live with the Creator, if we find the freedom that God designed for us to have, freedom from sin, freedom from worry, that the peace of God comes into our lives at that point, and we live a far better life. So let's take advantage of every benefit 
that God gave us. And one of those benefits is the freedom to live our lives within his will and and apart from sin and all of those other things. And so we've got to find God and get to know him. We've got to find freedom and live in it. We've got to discover our purpose. Third, we've got to discover our purpose. I'm just going to say this, and, and if, you've never, if you've never been in a church before and you don't know the name that I'm about to say, you know, it's okay. He was a best-selling author and, and sold more books, I think, than, than God would if he wrote a book, right? Well, wait, wait, God did write a book, and he probably didn't sell more than that. Anyway, how many of you heard the name Rick Warren, right? He wrote Purpose Driven Life, and I think everybody on the planet now has a copy of that. Some of us have three. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculously high-selling book between Christians and unchristians alike. Why? Because everybody recognizes that unless you have a purpose, unless you have a reason for doing what you're doing, you just spin your wheels. And you don't find any contentment in that. You have to have a purpose. And so we have to not only find God and then enjoy the freedom that he offers, but then we need to discover our purpose. And then finally, we're going to talk about making a difference because the purpose that God gives to us isn't just for us alone. According to what I read in Scripture, I believe that God has called every single one of us not just to make a buck, but to make a difference. Amen? I stole that, by the way. I'm not going to tell you from who because you don't know him anyway. But it it, it just makes sense. We're not just here for ourselves. We're here to make a difference. And so we can discover together how we can do that and what God has in line for us. Now again, along this continuum between finding God and finding our freedom and discovering our purpose and making a difference, many of you are farther down that road than others. Some of you might find yourself at the very beginning where you're just getting to know God. Others of you are struggling with the idea of freedom and you're, you're overcoming the sin in your life and, and some of those other obstacles through the power of God's Spirit leading you and guiding you. Others of you, man, you, you've been in the church forever. You got it all wrapped up. You found your purpose. You found your meaning. You're making a difference. But maybe there's just something stale about that. And maybe you feel like God's saying, hey, man, go back to square one. Maybe it's time to look in a different realm. We're all at different places along that journey. But friends, we all have to do two things if we're going to get it started. Because a journey requires two things. I I love my GPS. I know I talk a lot about my GPS because, quite frankly, it's one of my best friends in the world. Can I just say that? Can a mechanical thing be your best friend? I just love the fact that my GPS very seldom talks back to me. It doesn't usually yell at me. And it usually is right. I mean, in that sense, it's a lot like my wife. She's always right. And the GPS is usually right too. Man, when the GPS and my wife agree, I know Jesus is returning and I just go that way. Just go that way. But the GPS needs two things to work. It needs a destination first and foremost. You don't put in a a destination, all your GPS can do is follow you around. That's all it does is it just shows you where you're already at. But I know where I'm already at, right? So the GPS has to have a destination. You ever do this? You ever jump in your car and take off because you know the way, and then partway there you're like, oh, I probably should punch the destination in the GPS just to make sure I'm going the most efficient route, and you're, you know, you're 30 minutes down the road, and you realize, yeah, I went the wrong way. Totally went the wrong way, and now i got to turn around and go back. I've done that more times than I care to admit, where I just, I think I know where I'm going. Well, when I go out of this driveway, i got to turn right, because that's the way I came from. So I turn right, and then I turn on the GPS and realize, no, that wasn't the way. You, you're just, man, I don't know about you, but I sometimes have a hard time keeping my bearings. You have to get the destination. You have to know where you're going. The other thing a GPS needs is to know where you currently are. You have to know your current location. Because your GPS can't give you proper directions unless it knows where you are and unless it knows where you're going. Let me tell you something. 
You can't complete the journey that God is leading you on unless you know where you are and unless you know where you're going. You need to know where you are so that you know where your next step is going, so that you know what direction to move from where you are to the destination that God is leading you to. And friends, I believe that the destination we're all striving for as human beings, not just people in the church. If you've never been to church in your life, I hope that maybe you'll agree with me on this, that that we are all seeking fulfillment and peace and joy and hope and all the things that seem to be lacking in the United States today, at least if you watch the news or read social media. Friends, I believe that these are things everybody wants. We all want to find purpose. We all really, deep down inside of us, I think we all want to make a difference. We want our lives to stand for something. You know, we all want to live in freedom. Now, we have different versions of what that means. But we all want these things. And if we're going to get to that place, we have to first and foremost figure out where it is that we are. But because the destination is important, we're going to actually work through these four concepts backwards. So next week, we're going to talk about making a difference, and then we're going to work our way through them backwards just because I like to be difficult. How about that? We're just going to do it. So we're going to see the destination, and then we're going to walk back through the steps so that we can find a way to get there. So my challenge for you today as I wrap this up is I want you to take some time this week, before next week comes, before the sermon next week where you all get to sit here if you want to or continue living on, uh, listening on the live stream or even sitting in the parking lot. We have the FM transmitter set up, so 88.7 is, is out there. You can hear it on there. Whether you're here or whether you're home, next week I want you to be ready to do something. I want you to be ready to take a good hard look at where you are. And as you think about where you are and figure out where you are in this continuum, that will prepare you so that next week when we start talking about each of these things, your your mind can identify and recognize, hey, this might be where I am and I want to be ready to take follow the plan that God has for me. And so as we think about this today, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. And I want you to take a quiet moment and just think about what your next steps forward might be and where you are in this journey between knowing God and finding a way to to not only know him but live in freedom and then find your purpose and then make a difference. Figure out where you are in that continuum and just kind of make a mental note of it so that next week as we kick this off, you can go forward. Pray with me, would you? Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for allowing us to be together in spirit today. I thank you so much for the fact that we will next week be able to be together in in physical form. I know I keep thanking you for it, but I'm just really glad. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being alone, and I know many others are too. I pray even in these times that you would help us to see that we were never really alone. You've been with us all the way through this, God. Even in the times when it didn't seem good, even in the times when things looked bad, you have walked with us through this time, and you will continue to walk forward with us. I pray right now that as we start this new series, that you would help us to take some some really serious time to think about where we are and whether or not we're willing to take the next step forward to grow in our walk, in our relationship with you. Lord, I know and I confess that there have been times in in the relationships that I have with other human beings, my wife, my children, uh, friends that I've had, other pastors, where where I just stopped moving in the relationship and I kind of just stopped and didn't go forward. and, And that always damages the relationship when we hold people at arm's length. Father, how much more does it hurt our walk with you 
when we just stop moving, when we don't reach out, when we don't move forward, when we just hold you at arm's length. And I pray that today would be a day that, that maybe those who are within the sound of my voice would not only identify maybe where they are in their walk and in their journey, but that they would make a decision and a commitment that they're going to do everything in their power to take the next step, to go forward, and to see their relationship with you grow into the future. And Lord, I also want to pray that, that some would maybe identify this as a really good time to maybe bring some friends and neighbors and loved ones along with them as we talk about making a difference and, and how to find purpose in life and, and how to live in freedom. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with, with knowing God. Part of the strategy of, of doing it in that order is so that we can hopefully welcome some people in next week and then guide them along the path until every question is answered so that they can come to know you as their Savior and as their Lord. Lord, that's what I'm praying for. And I pray that you would help us not only to be um, thinking about our own faith, but maybe to look around us and see, does somebody that I know need to take some next steps when it comes to their walk with Christ? Or maybe they need to take some next steps toward knowing God from the very beginning. Lord, I thank you for all you're going to do. And we give you praise and honor and glory for this time together today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.